while to think of a song that we could use for this week. So thanks to Psy and Gangnam Style. I came up with that. For I'm going to take credit because I never do. I never think of the song that we use ever. Well, thanks to both of you. Uh, <laughs> welcome. This is the Fright Club podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, And we're from MadWolf.com. And we're doing it live from the Gateway Film Center. High Woo! Street in uh, Columbus, Ohio. We do the Fright Club live once a month. Do this podcast live. And then we, uh, we count down movies. And then we see one of them on the big screen, which is always fun. So uh, we've got a good uh, good subject this week because there's a lot a lot of it's fertile ground, Korean horror. Yes, it is. We've actually, men- mentioned a few times it's one of our favorites. Yeah, and actually more, I think, than I uh, realized when I bit this off. I'm like, damn, I have not seen nearly enough of these. <laughs> so uh, That's saying something. Yeah, so uh, so I've watched a lot, a lot, a lot recently. And, uh, and then actually... Had a big, we had a big fight out, really, for the number five slot as well as the number one slot, to be honest with you. So, you know. so were there a lot that were left on the cutting room floor? You had to really, uh, this is not fuzzy yeah. math. We're just, we're just doing five. Yeah, so. we're, we're just doing five. And, and yeah, there were, there, were, there were a couple that were, like, there were three or four that really sort of had a knockdown drag out for who was going to make it to number five. So a couple of them just didn't, they so just didn't make it. what do you think, what in your mind differentiates... Like we talked about the the Irish horror, they have a thing about selling, getting rid of their babies. <laughs> or talked about a fear of losing their babies. But um, seriously, what when you think of Korean horror, what's what's the characteristics you think of? I think that you know, until maybe 15 years ago, Korean horror just felt like an echo of Japanese horror. Whatever themes and images you found in in Japanese horror films, you tended to find also in Korean horror films. So like the you know the Whispering Corridors series is very sort of the grudge-ish. Or, um, you know, Phone is a real popular Korean movie, but it, it just felt like almost any technology-driven Japanese horror movie. But then, you know, the beginning of 2000s, three in particular filmmakers came onto the scene in Korea, and they, they, they each had very individual voices, and they had tremendous range and an enormous amount of talent. And... You know, and they and they didn't just affect genre filmmaking in Korea. I just think that they had a tremendous impact on filmmaking in general on in that nation, and just kind of changed the face of of Korean horror movies. And the five that we're going to talk about today, they're they're very very different one from the next. Yeah, and I think when you just think of Korean horror. You just think of good fi- good films. I mean, there's yeah. there's good stuff here. Yeah. Uh, and and as we've seen on a few of our countdowns, a couple of these, well, I think four out of the five, they're, they're bunched around a certain time frame. Yes. So the, we've seen uh, some of these movies come out in the same year and and be very good. So they have go through these periods of uh, real f- uh, serious quality stuff in a short amount of time. Well, I think um, you know there are two two directors in particular who are just the the top-notch Korean directors, regardless of genre, and they just, both of them seem to just, they just hit the scene very close to the same time, and so that's one of the reasons why so many of them are sort of bunched up. Yeah, and one of them, well, at number five uh, on our list is uh, one of two in this uh, list from the year 2010. Mm-hmm. And this is one that I really hadn't heard of. So no, I would be surprised if, if many of you have. This is, this is a pretty obscure film. All right. And also, it's hard to find because they misspell the word. They, that is true. And they, liter- they misspell it. That's true. Um, I was trying to the, dig up some, some the, info, research on this movie, and I said... The English title for it has I been misspelled. I can't find it. Yeah, it's been misspelled. So. And there are a lot of American language 
American films with this same title, but they spell it right, so this one's hard to find. Okay. But look it up. So this is from 2010, and it's Bedeviled with two L's. It starts off in a, in a very urban area where a woman witnesses a crime, and then the, the longer you get to know this woman, you realize that she has absolutely no feelings, no, no sense of, of compassion or of culpability for anything. She gets herself into trouble, and then she decides she's gonna, she, ha- she has to take some time off work. So she decides to go back to the island, the remote island where she was raised, very, very small island, very remote. And when she had lived there, the, you know, the... the governor of the island had been her i think her grandfather but i mean she she lived uh, you know well when she lived there but everybody else basically lives off the land they raise potatoes and um and they are creepy um and so her <laughs> childhood friend r- remains and uh and is married and has a daughter and um you know everybody looks at this interloper sort of oddly and and one of the things i love about this movie is that regardless of the trailer makes you think for most of the running time you feel like your point of view character is this original woman this beautiful woman from the big city but little by little you realize that it is it's not it's it's the character from the trailer and um and it's not you know that i think the trailer makes it seem like it's going to be more sort of horrifying slave on an island you know lars von trier sort of thing and, it, and it's not too much of that she's an interesting character she's she's not exactly victimized she just sort of this is how she's lived and she just sort of takes it in stride but all of the other characters are fascinating and horrible in their own interesting peculiar ways so i mean there's eventual comeuppance and it's it's serious. It's she's <laughs> when she finally decides, you know, she's put her foot down, you know, God help you all on this island, which is great. But then it also I mean, it circles back around um, to the original scene and to some some interesting themes. And, and so um, it's very unpredictable. I mean, even though that there are certain elements of it, you think I've kind of seen this. You, you really haven't. I mean, it ties things together beautifully without ever seeming too tidy. The performances are great. It's really gorgeous, actually. It's a gorgeous film to watch. Most of it is set on this island. Um, and, you know, it's also there's just that sort of satisfying, oh, he's going to get it so bad. And then he does. <laughs> just uh, repeatedly. It doesn't matter which character it is. Like, oh, she's going to go. Nah. So anyway, it's, it's very enjoyable. And it's a hard film. Uh, it's not a hard film to find exactly. It's just it's just one that you yeah rarely heard of, and because they do misspell bedeviled, it's kind of hard to look up. And since it's come out, I think there has been a few questions about whether it was based on somewhat actual events. And I, and I think oh God, I hope not. Well, I think in the in some interviews, the director has said not one singular event, but I think he did base it on certain crimes and certain events in Korea that he heard about and or read about and then kind of tied them all together to make to make that uh, so yeah the entire thing no but I think it's partly based on real events so that's from 2010 bedeviled with two L's at number five and I know at number four this is one a lot of people were um, hoping for that would make uh, make the list and it does and it's just from 2006 and it is the host
Now, as of just a few years ago, I don't know if it still is, but this was the highest grossing film in the history of South Korea. Wow. Uh, everybody went to see it. So I'm not sure if that still holds the record, but hugely popular. And I don't know if uh, how many people have seen that. I think just a couple of blocks from here, there's some street art. With the a mural. Mo- There's a mural on the side of one of the buildings. Yeah, there. with the monster diving into the water. Have you seen that? It's on where? Oh, the hippie hut. Yeah, it's on the wall of the hippie hut. Right, it is. Yeah, so you go by there. So it's, you, know, you get a little, a little host every time you drive by. But it's a cool monster. It is a cool monster. And it's such a great movie. And um, Jun Ho Bong is the director. And we were saying that there are two really directors that in the last decade or so have exploded in Korea. And he's one. He also won. He did Snowpiercer last year, right? And he did. Which was awesome. A couple years Loved ago. Loved Snowpiercer. He did, uh, he did a clip from The Three Extremes, too. He's just great. Yeah. He's just great. And uh, incredibly versatile if you think about it. Because this is absolutely a creature feature. Oh, yeah. You know, Mother is disturbing as hell. But it's. Not in any way a creature feature. Snowpiercer, awesome in all manner. Not even a horror movie. Um, you know he's he's so great and and uh, and yeah the effects from this in this movie are outstanding. Um, and there's also a ton of humor. It's really interesting. There really is. Yeah. So great. And um, the, the funny thing about the creature, well, while they were making the movie, the director and the designer of the creature, I, I forget his name. They had a nickname for the creature, and they nicknamed it Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, that was the nickname on set for the creature. That is my new favorite piece of yeah, trivia. So I'm sure he was flattered. Oh, my God. That's awesome. But it is. No, you're right. There's a lot of humor in it. Um, but uh, it's a it's a cool creature feature. And it also, you, you, you have a feeling there's definitely some political undertones to it, whether it's commenting on Western imperialism, uh, if it's going to take something, you know, that serious or, or, or not. But it you do have a, a feeling that there's, a social comment going on here. In the same way, I mean, it's got a very much Godzilla sort of blueprint about it. Um, so, so in the same way that Godzilla was always Japan's. Yeah, I don't think it's that overt though no. as Godzilla, but there is there is some commentary going on and some humor. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things I think that make it interesting uh, is is the you know the hero is just this sad sack like um, you know uh, snack vendor. Whose, whose daughter is is the little girl that you see them the monster take the well and they also played father and daughter in Snowpiercer yes the they same do. two act yeah um, and he's just wonderful you know and he's just he's such a loser and it's not one of those <laughs> he is he's just a loser and you just love him to pieces and think no way he's saving his daughter it's just not going to happen and um and 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 just like the sort of the roadblocks the obstacles to getting this done the whole movie is just really incredibly well crafted and 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 even though again you you feel like you know where things are going because you've seen creature features where somebody gets stolen and somebody is on a quest to save them it's constantly surprising, everything that it does. It's incredibly well acted. It's really well written. It's, usually, it's really unusually written. Um, and it's just, it just looks awesome. It does. Uh, because it's, it's one of those deals. Anytime you have a creature feature, the question is always, how much do you show? You know, when a lot of times less is more. Uh, you don't want to show it, you know, the old Jaws theory where you you wait, you wait, you wait, and then you, you give just, you know, your, your uh, really scenes of the... The full shark and the full uh, creature, and but he's bold with this. Yeah, he is bold you know, with right it, yeah. from the beginning. It's just this mayhem in the middle of this really busy park. It's awesome. Yeah, it definitely gets your attention, yeah. and the and the effects on it are great. Yeah. So, uh, I think we've talked before about a creature feature countdown. So we might be revisiting this one again here soon. It's possible. Actually, I think we're going to take a poll because next week will either be creature features or horror movies for kids. So think what you prefer. 
and we'll mull that over. Yeah. So that's mull. yes. So that's number four, the host from 2006, and uh, moving up to number three on our top five Korean horror. This is uh, from 2010. I saw the devil. I saw the devil. Now, this may be number three in this countdown, but if we ever do a countdown on guys who can take a beating, <laughs> this is going to be number one. Because I'm telling you what, this guy. Minsik Choi. Wow. Minsik Choi can take a beating. He Especially really can. here, yeah. Oh, my God. And, of course, he's well known uh, in these uh, films. Yeah. And one that you probably are thinking about that we'll probably be talking about here soon. What? But, uh, yeah, he is, is put through the ringer. By and the other guy, I forget his name. We've seen him pop up in um, in American films as well. Jung Hun Lee, yeah, GI Joe. Yes, uh, exactly. And Tan Fook was uh, upcoming the Magnificent Seven remake. Yeah, um, and they're just perfect together. It's a cat and mouse film, and you know Min Suk Choi is just this sort of potato face, just bedraggled, you know, you know, and he's brutish, and and his violence is is very very brutal, and um, you know, opposite him is this just elegant. Um, very handsome and is you know icy um and you think it's the hero and it's not that he's exactly not the hero but repeatedly because so what happens is uh uh the mincic choice character is a murderer is a horrible horrible man and um and kills kills uh his fiance kills the other character's fiance and so he just tracks him down and repeatedly just makes him miserable like in really very severe ways but he doesn't kill him because he just wants to make him miserable for a long time which is interesting and brutal and cruel in its own way but he also doesn't if he had just killed him in the first time a lot of other people would have survived so there's this fascinating moral ambiguity about the film because you can't you can't really like the good guy because he's not really being a good guy not just because he's blind by this desire for vengeance but because he's so uncaring about what is going to happen to all these other lovely human beings like his fiance couldn't care less um but it does make for a really fascinating film it's kind of a road picture right the one is chasing the other the other is always trying to get away but every time he stops he just does something just horrifying horrifying and and purposely lets him keeps him around for more abuse yes yeah absolutely and so doesn't really stop him from harming these other people and if he ever does stop him it's almost accidental um but it's also like you know it's not like just he's he goes to like a bus stop or something i mean at one point he actually goes to what he considers a safe house and you realize that the, the people that are letting him stay there are also just dastardly terrible horrible murderers as well it's just like it's like a party for you know the yeah. worst kind of humans. It's, but it's <laughs> it's incredibly well made. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's very much a morality play. Um, but also, you, you you can't really talk about this movie. It's, certainly, it centers on the two leads. But any female character in this movie does not come out well. No, at all. No, and it's funny um, because the you know. Yeah, this is an this is a tremendously masculine film. It's yeah. a, it's an incredibly masculine film. But as a counterweight, the same director did a tale of two sisters, which is a very, very female film. And I remember thinking to myself when I saw I Saw the Devil, finding that absolutely fascinating that he had such a like a, a almost overpowering sense of this sort of dread and horror that you can attach to either one of those. Come on. 
Yeah, uh, very much so. And it's it had different. Uh, it was you talk you talk about how much of uh, a beating he takes and how violent it is, and he had to cut a lot from it just to get it past the Korean movie rating board. Wow. Uh, you know, and it's already, I believe it's two about and two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. So I think originally it was going to be at least another half an hour longer. Well, there are uh, a couple of scenes, there are a couple of scenes, uh, victimization scenes where innocent people are victimized. And I'm, I'm maybe that, I mean, a couple of those I'm thinking to myself, I did not need to see any more than what happened. Yeah. I totally did not need to see where that was going more than I did. So maybe that was what they left out. Well, because, yeah, and he had to be pretty much because the Korean restricted rating means uh prevents any release in theaters or home video so oh. <laughs> yeah that would you, you can't really do that <laughs> so come uh, to my house and watch it i'll play it on my wall <laughs> exactly um and then it was it was it had a couple of different titles for a while called night of the subtropical zones <laughs> and also the hunter uh before they settled on i saw the devil but uh yeah it is uh that's funny that you mentioned a road picture because it kind of is yeah. it's a let's let's go on the road and just beat you to a pulp oh yeah uh over and over uh but uh it, it when you look at it as a morality play uh then i think it adds another another layer to it uh that uh, makes it very very interesting especially when you talk about other films right. that uh, that he yeah. makes that we're going to talk about soon. But that is number three from 2010, I Saw the Devil. And this one, who a controversial number two, uh, the legendary Old Boy from 2003. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what an iconic movie! Uh, I love this movie so much. Yeah, cr- it is. It so is, why is it number two then? So we'll talk about that. I will get to that. But I just want to say, so Chanwick Park is a director. See every single thing he's ever done. See it all. See everything. It's he's so he is so great. Um, and so well, and this is a part of a trilogy. The Vengeance trilogy. The Vengeance trilogy. None of which really have anything to do with the other, except they're all about they're all about revenge, um, and they're all brilliant. Though this is the best one. And then I also did. He did a vampire movie called Thirst, which was another one that just about made this countdown. It was one of the ones sort of sort of beaten up on on uh, bedeviled at the bottom to maybe make it. Um, and he did uh, he does one he did one English language film called Stoker, which is creepy and super great. Um, yeah, he's just magnificent. And of course, you know Min Suk Choi again. Who uh, I mean, I was going to say like this is the one where he gets the he he, he the man can take a beating. He can take a beating. He yeah. can and, uh, uh, and deliver one. Yep. And uh, this one is uh, based on uh, some Japanese some uh, animation. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we don't want to, I know a lot of people here have seen it, but we don't want to give away too much. But no. basically, uh, a guy is imprisoned, uh, and he doesn't know why, and then he is released, and he has to go about solving a mystery, I suppose. Yes. I guess you'd say it. And yes. it leads to some, leads to some uh, uncomfortable situations and some start startling revelations. It's unseemly, everything about it. And, and, and a lot like I Saw the Devil, so his foil in this one, GTU, is another. Just, he's just elegant. He's, he's slim. He's handsome. Um, he's, got, he's got shady. He's, he's just a shady dude, like from the beginning. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and, and again, just the sort of the contradiction between those two the the look and the behavior and and uh, um, you know the the way they go about doing things is really fascinating. The mystery is awesome. The movie looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then it's just it, you know, 
almost you're just you just go oh you're going there that's happening right now that's totally happening right now oh my god <laughs> just, and then and then you know you feel like they can't sustain that that you know once the once the tooth thing, if you've seen it, you know, once that early on the tooth scene, you're like, oh, they're never going to be able to top that. And then they yes, do. Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And one of the, one of the incredible. What's going on with his tongue right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> one of the incredible scenes is that, uh, quote, unquote, one take corridor scene, which is, oh which is not, it's not technically in one take, but the way they put it together. It really seems like you see it would just be. a glimpse of it in that trailer, and it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, that's one of the one of the many startling scenes uh, in this, and uh, I'm, I'm keep thinking about. Wait, don't say too much. Right? Because, no, uh, exactly. Because it's definitely yeah. one that you want the surprises to surprise you, and and if you don't know anything about it, if you haven't seen it, they totally will. And even if you saw the god awful remake a couple of years ago. This movie will still surprise you yeah. because they pulled so many punches in that movie. Yeah, that let's let's not mention sick that. Sick and wrong. It's it, it was awful. It's sick and wrong. Yeah, but uh, this is one. It's it's another one of those, and we've talked about a few of these in the various podcasts. But if you've seen it, you just anyone who's seen it, like I saw people when we were watching the trailer here, kind of nodding their That's heads. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. old boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's one of those. It is definitely one of those, and um, it, that was one. Not to talk about the remake again, but it's one of those when we years ago when we heard that they were planning a re, an American remake, we're like, no, don't do that. Yeah, because you just had we to know were right. Yeah, um, not that it not that it can't can't be done because there have been good American remakes of, of of horror movies, but there's just so many ways it can go wrong, and this is so good. Why do we need to you know to do anything more with it? And it did go wrong. Oh, it went so wrong. But uh, but going back to this one, um, there are so many different. You can start picking it apart, thinking, you know, what are the what are the lessons here? What what is he trying to say? But you you just end up going back and forth and in, in, in uh, getting caught up in the mystery and the big reveal and then the incredible framing of the scenes and you just you get lost in it after a while. Yeah, you do. It's it's. I mean, it's just everything about this movie is so brilliantly made. Which which begs the question: Why did it end up at number two? And it was a toss. Somebody up. just asked that question. It was a toss up. It was a toss up. So we can almost consider these a tie. We really can. Um, the only thing that put the other one, the 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 film that's at number one, is also just about perfect. Um, and it is uh, it's, it's another one where the the way this film is framed is stunning and and amazing. Um, and the set decoration, and I never talk about set decoration, <laughs> like never. How many times in a horror movie you're like, hey, nice set decoration, like never. And in this movie, it's just absolutely glorious. And the only thing I think that gave it the nudge is Old Boy is not, the movie we're going to talk about next is full on, no questions about it. It's a genre movie. It is a horror movie, well, and it got an extra point for being, there's no other way to describe it. It is no other kind of movie. It's a horror movie. Now, Old Boy is an action film. It's a horror. It's horrific. It's horrific. And I would consider it a horror movie, obviously. Well, that's what I was just going to bring up. I was going to say, okay, what do you, playing devil's advocate, the people that say Old Boy is not a horror movie. That, yeah. I, it, I'm going to stand over here when I, when I ask you that. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, I do. I mean, I, I, I accept and embrace that Old Boy is, a, is an action film, um, uh, but, but it is a horror movie. It is a horror movie just because of the subject matter, the themes, you know, where it goes, where it takes things. It's clearly horrifying, mm-hmm. um, you know, but so is American History X. Right. And that's not a horror movie. You know, yeah. curb stomp aside, that's not right. a horror movie. Right. So, um, so anyway, the the film at number one got this, this, this a slight edge for being just embracing the genre that I embrace. And that is 
The one we're going to see tonight here in just a few minutes from 2003, A Tale of Two Sisters. Tale of Two Sisters, and it really is a treat because this is one that begs being seen on the big screen. Yeah, it really does. Not only you can tell from the color and the way the shots are framed, and uh, it's one that you really get a, an appreciate. Not not that you wouldn't like it uh, on the small screen, but you get a chance like this to see it on the big screen. It's it's awesome. Yeah, the, I mean the color. It's so saturated with colors, and and it's so busy, but in this very. Um, like rich and dark and almost creepy sort of way, and it's also the way um, the way everything is framed, sort of like uh, in Rosemary's Baby, where you 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 find yourself kind of going like this, you know, like is she on the what's she doing over there on the phone? You know, it's the same thing with this. You, like you're constantly trying to figure out what exactly is just out of the frame, and it makes the entire experience really unsettling, yeah. really unnerving. Um, it's also you know. It's it's one of the other movies that almost made this list is called Hansel and Gretel, um, and uh, I bring it up now because this uh, Tale of Two Sisters has the feeling of a um, fairy tale of a, like a really morbid, super creepy, bloody, what's going on under the table sort of a fairy tale and a bit of a ghost story. It is well, you know, and and um, uh, it's one of the you know so uh, a lot of Japanese horror is very cir- circular and um, and has. Yeah, Korean elements. No, Japanese. Yeah. So this is another one where um, where I think the Japanese and, and Korean horror sometimes okay, gotcha. comes together. Gotcha. So uh, the, the same director also did I Saw the Devil, which doesn't really bear any similarity to other cultural sort of tendencies in the genre. But this one sort of does. It, it kind of does. Um, in that, But the, the supernatural element of it blends really well with the logical element of it. So you're never entirely certain what's happening. And even once you sort of think you figured it out, there's so many more layers to just the, myster- the mysterious business afoot that you don't ever until the very end have figured out all of the things that are going on. The performances are also outstanding, just outstanding. Yeah, and apparently this one is based on a Korean folktale, which um, I guess if the folktales have you know, a moral or a meaning, I guess you could, you could pinpoint something about... Actions have consequences, things like that, for this movie, if you want to make it that simple. But uh, but there is that eerie ghost story vibe going in here, uh, which, uh, like you said, it always makes you think that something is just out of reach, something you're just missing, but it's creepy and it's and it's scary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there are a couple of times where he really takes advantage of that, of the fact that he sort of got you looking everywhere. There are a couple of times where you just go, oh, like, oh, there it is. Um, <laughs> but what was that? How do you go? <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time, you just still are sort of, you know, craning to see what's just, you know, what's in the shadow and what's going on. And and um, this is another one that suffered from a god-awful American remake. Just yeah. heinous. Yeah, that was the one with Elizabeth Banks, The Uninvited, it was called. That was from 2009. Not very good. Terrible. Doesn't even compare to the look of it. Oh, my. No, exactly. Yeah, no, and, and the framing. It's of, just kind of a, a, a schlock, a go- yeah. kind of a ghost story thing. Yeah, it's terrible. With uh, and the... The, the scares are not nearly as as well developed. No, uh, yeah, as this and it's one. like so. you know, it's just one of those PG thirteen teenage girl star. Let's get a bunch of kids in the movie theater, right? And 
suck. Let's no. just do that. Yeah, all right. So <laughs> that's a goal. You know, let's get together and suck. <laughs> let's green light that. Yeah, well, they, they got it done. But uh, not this one. This is number one on our list, and that is Tale of Two Sisters from 2003, our favorite Korean horror. We're going to see it here in just a few minutes, which is awesome. We want to let you know, though, next month we're super excited. So next month we get our first double feature. We are going to show Kill List, a 35-millimeter print of Kill List, Ben Wheatley's Outstanding, awesome, super creepy, zealotry. It always film. gives you a new uh, appreciation for the phrase, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and then we're going to follow that up with not a horror movie, but Ben Wheatley's new High Rise. So we are super excited about that. Yeah, starring Tom Hiddleston. The 11th, uh, Wednesday, obviously, on uh, on the 11th of May. Yeah, so that'll be the next Fright Club Live. And uh, for those of you that, that wandered in and don't know, you can catch this once we get this edited down. Uh, this podcast uh, pops up once once a week on our website, which is madwolf.com. M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. And uh, we always love to uh, talk with you guys on Twitter. Uh, let us know if this this countdown uh did we miss something should old boy been number one is old boy you want to argue with her old boy is not a horror movie have at it i'll go in the other room uh but we're uh, at mad wolf on twitter and it's always a lot of fun so uh so real quick poll just whoever's louder right kids horror or creature features all right okay creature features it is <laughs> i like it so all right we appreciate that and uh until next week I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and this is the Fright Club Podcast. Enjoy the movie. We know you will. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Open Gangnam Style.